false teachers, people who've embraced a, a false gospel or a false Christ, they can look at a distance like holy, godly men. If you could get close enough to truly examine their characters, you would find in their lives the same sins that always mark false teachers. Welcome to The Word Unleashed with Tom Pennington. Tom is pastor-teacher at Countryside Bible Church in Southlake, Texas. Hello, I'm Bill Wright, and today Tom has part three of his series titled Wolves in Shepherd's Clothing. Tom continues to unpack a second theme found in Romans chapter 16, where Paul exhorts all true followers of Christ to look out for false teachers in three specific ways. Today, Tom covers the first, and that is how the believer must measure all teachers against the actual teachings from Scripture. What does the Bible say should be the first and defining standard in your arsenal against false teaching? And yet that begs the question, if you're going to successfully measure false teachers against the truth of Scripture, do you yourself study and meditate on the Scripture to know it fully and to be able to deploy it wisely and accurately? Keep that in mind as we join Tom now on The Word Unleashed. Romans chapter 16. There's a name that you're probably not that familiar with. It's Eupathesia. Eupathesia is a, a large grouping of moths, different, different species of moths. There are over a thousand species whose caterpillars feed on plants, as most caterpillars do. But there are some unique ones based in Hawaii. Several of Hawaii's species of this moth produce caterpillars that are carnivorous. The caterpillar ranges from a quarter of an inch to three quarters of an inch long. Its hind legs anchor the caterpillar to the edge or midribs of leaves or of twigs or other surfaces, while its front legs grasp and hold on to its prey. It has an amazing disguise. When it stays still, it looks just like a twig on a branch. And it simply stays in that position and waits for insects to come within striking distance. When an insect walks along the twig and brushes against the hair on the caterpillar, what happens next is a spectacle suited to the Colosseum. The insect triggers a lightning-fast strike, and in a moment, it's hopelessly in the caterpillar's grasp, and soon the insect has been devoured. Now, why do I start with that? <laughs> it's Mother's Day, right? <laughs> You're never going to be able to get that image out of your mind. But here's the reason. I came across that inadvertently this week, and it reminded me of this text that we're studying because we are learning from Paul in Romans 16 that false teachers come with an equally good disguise. And when they get an unsuspecting person in their grasp, they are just as deadly. We're studying the conclusion of Paul's letter to the Romans, specifically Paul's interruption of his final greetings to give a serious warning 
about false teachers. We're looking at verses 17 to 20. Let me read them for us again. Romans 16, beginning in verse 17. Now I urge you, brethren, keep your eye on those who cause dissensions and hindrances contrary to the teaching which you learned, and turn away from them. For such men are slaves, not of our Lord Christ, but of their own appetites. And by their smooth and flattering speech, they deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting. For the report of your obedience has reached to all. Therefore, I am rejoicing over you, but I want you to be wise in what is good and innocent in what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet, The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. The theme of this paragraph is that false teachers are a constant danger in the Christian church, so all who have believed in Jesus and in the biblical gospel must be on guard and reject them. In these verses that we've just read together, Paul gives us several important insights about false teachers. And We're considering those together. Last time, we considered just the first of them, and that is the perpetual danger of false teachers. They are always around. They are lurking in every era, every age, in every time, in every place. They were present in the churches that Paul planted in the first century. They are present and potentially a danger in every church today, including our own. And so they're, they're a perpetual danger, and therefore we have to be on the alert. We have to be on guard. Wherever there is truth, there will be error. Wherever there are true teachers of God's Word, there will be false teachers. Wherever there are true disciples of Jesus Christ, there will be tares. There will be false believers. And so we have to be on the alert, on guard. It is a perpetual danger. Now today, we begin with the biblical response to false teachers. The biblical response to false teachers. We see this in verse 17. Paul encourages us to respond to false teachers in three ways. The last two of these ways are explicitly commanded in verse 17. The first of them is implied. So let's consider them together. The first biblical response is this. Measure all teachers against Scripture. Measure all teachers against Scripture. Notice in the middle of verse 17, this is implied for us because he says, I want you to keep your eye on those who are acting, notice, contrary to the teaching which you learned. Now that implies that whenever we hear a teacher, we are keeping in mind the teaching we have learned, which we learned last time is the Scripture itself. So if we're going to keep our eye on those who teach and act contrary to that teaching, it means that we have to be constantly measuring everything we hear and everything we read against the Scripture. This ought to be as common as breathing to you as a Christian. What does the Scripture say? The prophet Isaiah was dealing with the false prophets of his era. And in Isaiah 8.20, we read this, to the law and to the testimony. In other words, go to the Scriptures. And then he adds, 
if they, that is the teachers are listening to, do not speak according to this word, it is because they have no dawn. That is, they don't have any light to offer you. Don't listen to them. So go to the law and to the testimony. Go to the scriptures. And if they don't speak according to what you find there, then reject them. They have no light to offer you. Of course, the classic text on this is just a few pages back in the book of Acts. You remember Acts 17. If you don't know this passage, you need to know this passage. Acts 17, verse 11. Now these, that is the believers in Berea, were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica. Why? For they received the word with great eagerness. By the way, that's the balance. They weren't critical. They weren't constantly cynical and skeptical. They received the word with great eagerness, but they did something really important. They examined the Scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. Now you tell me, who is the teacher the Bereans were measuring against the Scripture? Paul, the apostle. Now if Luke, writing under the direction of Paul himself, and ultimately under the direction of the Holy Spirit, praises the Bereans for measuring what Paul taught against the Scripture, how much more is that true for every single teacher you expose yourself to. Doesn't matter if it's me, another teacher in this church. Doesn't matter if it's somebody on the radio, somebody on the television, some book that's given to you by a well-meaning Christian brother or sister. It doesn't matter. All teachers measure them against the Scripture. To do so is to be spiritually noble. If we're going to respond to false teachers, it starts by measuring all teachers against the Scripture. Now, here in our text, there is a, there's a second biblical response, and that is to watch out for teachers who deviate from the Scripture. Watch out for teachers who deviate from Scripture. Verse 17 says, keep your eye on those who cause dissensions and hindrances contrary to the teaching which you learn. Keep your eye on, as we saw last time, translates a single Greek word. It means to pay careful attention to, to look out for. The Greek word is skopeo, from which we get our word scope, as in microscope and telescope. It means truly keep focused on, watch out for, so that you can avoid. Now let me just say that this doesn't always happen in a moment. There are false teachers. You turn on the television, and three minutes later, you're going, yep, false teacher. It's so transparently clear. But it isn't always clear in that way. Sometimes identifying a false teacher is a process. For a time, you might just be bothered by what appears to be troubling nuance, bad direction. Just a little red flag that says, I don't know, I'm, I'm a little concerned about what I'm hearing. Don't ignore that red flag. Don't pull it down. But over time, you can recognize a false teacher by his fruit. The fruit of a false teacher will eventually reveal his or her true nature. By the way, the fact that it can sometimes take time to recognize a dangerous person in the life of the church is, is why we don't allow people who come to countryside to teach immediately. 
And I know that can be a little frustrating because that's not how all churches operate. A lot of churches, you show up there, you say, I have the gift of teaching, and two weeks later, you're in front of a class. That's not healthy. If you have the gift of teaching and you're tempted to be frustrated because you can't immediately teach here, just remember that part of what attracts you to this church is our carefulness with the Scripture and appreciate that for the desire that it is. Your time will come if you are here and prove faithful. But how can we watch out for false teachers as we're being admonished here? How can we recognize them? Well, Scripture identifies three kinds of fruit that reveal a false teacher. Here's how you can look out for them. Here's how you can identify them. First of all, look at their character and conduct. Their character and conduct. Ken Hughes writes, a wolf can wear sheep's clothing, but it cannot grow a sheep's coat. This is what our Lord says in the Sermon on the Mount. Turn to Mark chapter 7. I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. At the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus warns about this very reality. Verse 15, beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. And then he says this, you will know them, you'll be able to recognize them by their fruits. He uses the analogy of of fruit trees. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. In other words, what he's saying is this. Look at a tree and look at its fruit, and by looking at its fruit, you can understand the nature of that tree. The same thing is true for a person. And then he says in verse 19, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. In other words, false teachers whose fruit evidences their evil nature, they're going to be thrown into hell. They're not real believers. Verse 20, so then you will know them by their fruits. Now, this raises the question, what, what fruit? Well, here, by fruit, Jesus clearly means the false teacher's life, his conduct, his character. Because notice the contrast in this, in this context between true and false disciples. Verse 21, the true disciple does the will of my Father. Verse 23, the false disciple works lawlessness. Verse 24, the true disciple is one who hears these words of mine and does them. He obeys. Verse 26, the false disciple is the one who hears these words of mine and does not do them, doesn't obey. So you can identify a false teacher by looking at their life and seeing if there is a pattern of obedience to Jesus Christ. In 2 Timothy 3, 5, Paul refers to false teachers as holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. In other words, they have an outward form that when you just glance at it, looks like godliness. But they lack the real power that produces personal holiness. Here's the point. At a distance, false teachers, people who've embraced a a false gospel or a false Christ, men like Pope Francis or the prophets of Mormonism, they can look at a distance like holy, godly men. 
But I can promise you this, if they teach a false gospel, then if you could get close enough to truly examine their characters, you would find in their lives the same sins that always mark false teachers. Sins like greed, sexual sin, and arrogance. As John Calvin said, nothing is more difficult to counterfeit than virtue. If you want to recognize a false teacher, first examine his character. Secondly, examine his content. Examine his content. Turn to Luke chapter 6. Our Lord uses the same fruit analogy, but to a different point here. Luke chapter 6, verse 43. For there is no good tree which produces bad fruit, nor, on the other hand, a bad tree which produces good fruit. In other words, you don't, you don't have a, a grape vine that produces thorns. You don't have a fig tree that produces something that's not edible. The nature of the tree dictates the, the fruit. And then he says, verse 44, for each tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they pick grapes from a briar bush. Now, we expect him to make the same point that he did in Matthew 7, but he doesn't. Notice verse 45. The good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good, and the evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth what is evil. For his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart. In other words, here's another piece of fruit you can inspect, and that is what comes out of their mouth in their teaching. Look at their content, because what comes out of their mouth over time consistently reflects the content of their heart. So look at their teaching. Look at their content. Now, specifically, what fruit should you be looking for in their teaching to identify a false teacher? I wish I had time to really walk you through this passage, I don't, so let me just call it to your attention. But in 1 John 4, 1 John 4, the entire chapter, there are what Jonathan Edwards called the distinguishing marks of the work of the Spirit of God. And he walks through that passage showing these distinguishing marks. Let me just give them to you. As you examine the teacher's content that you're trying to discern, whether they are or are not a false teacher, ask yourself these questions. Number one, does that teaching exalt the biblical Jesus and the biblical gospel? In other words, does his teaching center on the true Jesus taught in the Scripture? And when it comes to the gospel, are they talking about things like sin, depravity, future judgment? And when it comes to how that gospel becomes yours, are they talking about not, you know, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life, but are they talking about things like repentance and submission to the lordship of Jesus Christ, counting the costs before you commit to follow Christ? And are they saying for those who refuse this message, there is eternal destruction in hell forever for those who don't repent and believe in Christ? So in other words, does the teaching exalt the biblical Jesus and the biblical gospel? Number two, does the teaching promote true holiness? Does the teaching focus on worldly things that even unbelievers crave and long for, or does it encourage true holiness? Number three, does it exalt the Word of God? 
Does it exalt the Word of God? Listen carefully to the teaching. Is the focus on the teacher and all of his wonderful ideas and what he has to offer and, and the Scripture's hard to find, maybe a Scripture reference thrown in here or there, not even explained? Or instead, does the, the teacher read the text, explain the text in the context of that text, and then apply the text? Does it exalt the Word of God? Number four, does it promote love for God and for others? In other words, as you listen to the teaching, ask yourself this, does this teaching promote self-love, self-fulfillment, and self-satisfaction? Or instead, is this teacher calling me to selfless love for God and for others, regardless of what it may cost me? This is how you test the content of a man's teaching. So to identify a false teacher, examine his character and his conduct, and secondly, examine his content. But there's, there's a third mark that identifies the fruit of a false teacher, and that is his converts, his converts. Examine the character of those who follow that teacher. Not only his character, but look at the character of those who connect with him, those who are devoted to that person's teaching. Why? Well, listen to our Lord's words in Luke 6.40. A pupil is not above his teacher, but everyone, after he has been fully trained, will be like his teacher. Jesus was saying, if you're my disciple and you really follow me, you're going to begin to look more and more like me. But the same thing holds true for false teachers. Once a, a student is tr fully trained, they're going to look more and more like that false teacher. So you may not be able to get to the false teacher, but just look at the lives of those who have been influenced and impacted by that false teacher. When you examine their lives, those who follow false teachers, here's what you're going to find. 2 Timothy 2.16, you're going to find that that teacher's influence has led to further ungodliness. 2 Peter 2.2, you're going to find that they are now following the sensuality of the false teachers. Revelation 2.20, we're going to look at this text tonight, Lord willing. I have this against you, that you tolerate the woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess. And listen to this, she teaches and leads my slaves astray so that they commit acts of immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. No question about this woman in the church in Thyatira, of whether or not she was a false teacher, just look at the lives of those who followed her. You can tell a lot about the nature of the teacher by the lives of those who are committed to their teaching. Does their teaching and example produce godly fruit in the lives of their followers? Together, those constitute the fruit of a false teacher and will show you whether or not that teacher has deviated from the Scripture. So the biblical response then that we're called to is to measure all teachers against the Scripture. Secondly, to watch out for those who deviate, and you watch out for them by identifying them by that fruit we just talked about. A third biblical response is to avoid all teachers who deviate from Scripture. Avoid all teachers who deviate from Scripture. Verse 17 says, and turn away from them. The Greek word for turn away means to keep away from, steer clear of, avoid. In other words, Paul is saying, listen, when you find a false teacher, don't 
debate them, don't befriend them, don't engage in dialogue with them, don't join with them to fight cultural issues, don't watch them on television, don't buy their books, don't attend their meetings, keep away, steer clear, avoid, treat them as completely outside the Christian faith. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul talks about false teachers, and in verse 5, after he's talked about them, he says, avoid such men as those. That's what he's saying to Timothy, a pastor. You don't in any way assist them in their enterprise, and you certainly don't have any efforts to have some sort of false fellowship with them. No, treat them as outside the Christian faith. That's Tom Pennington here on The Word Unleashed with part three of his series, Wolves in Shepherd's Clothing. Tom will have part four for you on our next program. Join us then, won't you? Well, it's our prayer that you'll be enriched by the expository teaching of God's Word here on The Word Unleashed. We'd love to hear your story and how God is enriching you in your walk with Christ through this ministry. Write to us, won't you? Our address is listeners at thewordunleashed.org. Again, that's listeners at thewordunleashed.org. Or you can call us at 1-877-577-WORD. And remember to connect with us on social at The Word Unleashed. The Word Unleashed is made possible because of the prayers and financial gifts of individuals like you. Please consider partnering with us. You can find out how to do so by visiting thewordunleashed.org. That's thewordunleashed.org. And now for Tom Pennington and the entire team, I'm Bill Wright. Thanks for listening to The Word Unleashed, exalting God's glory explaining God's truth.